Hey, y'all, this is Be Wendy Bob just stopping by to share some amazing news with you. If you've been listening to the podcast, then you may already know, but let me just let you know this today. I am now a published author. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I'm so, so thankful, so excited to share these resources with you. My first release is the book entitled Empowerment for You, Encouragement for Your Emotional and Spiritual Wellness. Listen, this book is filled with information, insight, inspiration, and specific tips and practical strategies for your emotional and spiritual wellness journey. If you have not gotten this book, I encourage you to purchase one for you. Purchase also, give one as a gift to to another sister of yours or to someone else. It is available on Amazon and I definitely want to hear how this book is blessing your life and adding value to you. My second release, most recent release as of November 2021 is a workbook. Oh my gosh, y'all. It is called the Empowered to Empower You Reflection Workbook. I'm so excited about this workbook. And I know that for those of you who enjoy engaging in self-awareness activities and you engage, you love, you love engaging in journaling and reflection, you will enjoy this workbook. It's actually based on the podcast, specific episodes where I had, also where I had dynamic guests. So this workbook is for you too. This, both of those resources are available on Amazon. If you have any questions, you let me know and I will be able to answer them for you. Also, will you do me a favor? If the if any of the episodes has added value to your life, has 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 transformed some things for you, or have just provided you encouragement, will you provide a rating and a review of the podcast or send me a message? I would love to hear from you. I want to hear how the podcast is really enriching your life, and I want to hear how um Things have changed for you, or you maybe how a specific episode has encouraged you. So I would love to hear from you. Send me a message, complete a rating or review. If you don't know how to do that, just send me a message. Let me know. You can do that by emailing me at bewendy.bob at outlook.com or info at bewendy.com. You can also send me a message on empower the number to serve on IG. I look forward to hearing from you and I, I want you to enjoy the rest of the show. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Empower to Empower You podcast. With This is your lovely host, Miss B. Wendy Bob. I'm so excited that you decided to plug into the podcast one more time. If this is your first time, I want to, I want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you. Uh, if you've been following, following the podcast since January 2020, I know that you have been um, blessed and encouraged. Each episode is filled with um, inspiration. Each episode is filled with encouragement. And each episode, I hope, has been just a wonderful uh, blessing to you and just added value to your life. Listen, episode number 99 was uh, entitled, When Faith Seems to Fail You. When Faith Seems to Fail You. Such a great conversation that I had with Conscious Core. So if you have not had a chance to listen to that episode, I encourage you to do that and come on back because I will be right here. 
If this is your first time, again, thank you so much for joining. You could have been, you could be listening to any episode at this time, but you decided to plug into this episode. I am so glad that you've done that because Empower to Empower You is about all things Jesus Christ, mental health, all things wellness to help you become the better version of yourself. And I want that for you. Today, y'all, you are in for a treat. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I have another amazing guest, my sister in Christ, um, my darling sister in Christ. Her name is Mrs. Stephanie Moulton. And Mrs. Stephanie Moulton serves as the director of special services for the Clarksdale Municipal School District a 13-year veteran educator. She was awarded Associate of Arts degree from Coahoma Community College in 2006, Bachelor of Arts in Psychology from Ashford University in 2007, and the Masters of Science in Education with Specialization in Special Education from Walden University in 2016. Mrs. Moulton is highly regarded as a servant leader who effectively engages students, their families, colleagues, and the community members alike. Her ability to establish and maintain working relationships with these important stakeholders is illustrated in the role she is trusted to play while providing a world-class education for students. Mrs. Moulton has served on various leadership and advisory councils in her efforts to lead ethically and equitably for the good of all students. Her professional memberships include the Mississippi Association of Education and the International Society for Technology in Education. She is the devoted wife of Daryl Moulton and the mother of four children, Genesis, David, Tommy, and Stefan. She's the grandmother of one adorable little girl. Her name is Faith. Finally, she is a faithful member of Resurrection Life Ministry (laughs) in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, where our bishop, our pastor is Bishop Leo Holt and his wife, wife, Brenda Holt. So I want to welcome you, everybody, and I want to welcome Stephanie as we have, this is episode 100. (laughs) and entitled help my child has special needs help my child has special needs stephanie welcome to empower to empower you podcast thank you b wendy was so fun (laughs) listening to that intro (laughs) i'm like introduce me girl It was my pleasure. It was my pleasure. So tell us more, sis, about your passion. Like, how did you come to have the passion, the purpose associated with children with special needs? So um, this is not where I started. Um, I have to think back to maybe 2001. Mm-hmm. I was a counselor for high-risk teenagers, mm-hmm. and that job took me into schools, homes, communities, mm-hmm. and you have to know that um, my own 
uh, childhood was I was sheltered. <laughs> you know, I grew up um, in uh, Eastgate Gardens apartments. You know, it was subsidized living, but my mother, she, you know, she was a single mom and there were four of us, but I can still say that I was sheltered because she just covered us and sheltered us from uh, so many external things that could have gotten us off track. So I say all that to say this, that being that serving as a counselor for those high risk teenagers took me into places I had never been before. <laughs> <laughs> and, and presented me with experiences that I had only seen or heard about yeah. uh, via television or somebody else's experiences. So uh, my heart just went out to those children and they just became a part of me. Mm. Um, their lives were just so important, but I understood most of them were middle school age. Mm -hmm. And so I understood that what they were experiencing was largely due to situations far out of their control. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it, it, you know, their experiences how, it, how whatever they were would present themselves in the classroom in a negative light. Right. So I would receive children from the youth court um, and school referrals. Mm -hmm. And so the program I worked for was a diversion program to keep those babies from becoming adjudicated. They were just too young for that, but wow. they were making decisions that really were, were leading them down a road that they should not have been traveling. And so going into the schools, mm -hmm. I built relationships, which became the core of my practice. Mm -hmm. I built relationships with the students. I built relationships with their families because I needed them to trust me. Yeah. Um, and I built relationships with their teachers. Everybody who would touch them, I made it a point mm. to nurture a relationship with them. And so when I showed up, it wasn't in an accusatory form or anything threatening. Mm -hmm. I was somebody that was coming to help. And so many times I would end up in the schools. Mm -hmm. Kids, we would have group at the end of the day because children were ordered by the judge to come. And, and, and now I'm not a licensed counselor. Wow. Yeah. But they would have to come. You know, I'm just somebody's mama. And I still say that today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm somebody's mama. And so I take that with me when I'm dealing, you know, with people in my practice. And mm -hmm. um, those children would have to come to me. And would, of course, I wanted to unpack their day, find out how it went. Of course, I've been in the schools and, and I'm the, the, the person who would show up and sit in your classroom because I'd like to see this for myself. And every time I showed up, it wasn't because a child was doing something bad, but sometimes adults have poor behavior too. And we just have to be, see, be honest and own that, call it what it is. Because yeah. when children feel like they have to fight against the adults in the room, that creates a power struggle that... Yeah. Um, usually uh, doesn't end up so weird, doesn't fare well for the kids. Right. Because right. the adults are telling the truth, right? right. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that's all long-winded. No, that's good. But that's, that's how I got here. Wow. Because yeah. my babies were in situations dealing mm -hmm. with adults 
And not, not that all of those adults were against them, but sometimes it's just that the adults didn't know how to deal with what kids were presenting. I was going into the homes, so I mm -hmm. saw what was there. I knew all the routes. If they walked home, I knew the route they walked home. If I knew their friends, and they would tell me, um, I was Miss Thomas at the time. Miss mm -hmm. Thomas, you so nosy. I said, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yes, I am. I want to know everything about you. Mm -hmm. um, and that worked for me. Yeah, it really did because children found out um, I wasn't just another person assigned to save them, mm -hmm. that I, I really loved them. I really cared deeply for them and, and they responded to that. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that just brought me to where I am because I said, you know what, Lord, I'm getting these kids on the back end and most of our problem is help happening in school. So mm -hmm. I'm getting the kids on the back end. I need to touch them sooner. Mm. So I became a teacher. Okay. Um, my undergraduate major was psychology. Okay. And that steered me towards special education, um, which I absolutely have come to love. I tell people I chose special ed. It didn't choose me. Wow. So every day I show up to do this job and to offer this service and to offer myself to my children and their families and the teachers who teach them mm -hmm. uh, is with a glad heart and a servant's attitude because mm. uh, that's just how I look at it. And so when I became a teacher, I, it was just what I thought it would be. It gave me more access. Mm. And so I could advocate for kids sooner mm -hmm. and more effectively Mm -hmm. within their environments versus being someone just going into after something has happened. And wow. um, I, I, you know, I had the opportunity to do that for 10 years. And mm -hmm. um, afterwards, I moved into administration. I was going, you know, uh, to apply for an assistant position, assistant principal's position. And my superintendent at the time had something else in mind and promoted me to director of special services. And this has given me the platform to be able to advocate across the board district wide so I could reach more babies than just the ones I had on my caseload in the classroom. But now all of them are mine and I get to effect change and influence policy and, and support them in a way that they know they matter. I love that. I love that. I do too. Yes. Imagine being me walking into a self-contained classroom and the place comes alive. Miss Moten is here. Miss Moten is here. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I love that because they see somebody else who's on their team. I'm not the only one, but they yeah. see somebody else who's on their team who's mm -hmm. not afraid to touch them and you know be ex accessible to them. Mm -hmm. and really work towards meeting their needs so that's how I got here that's yeah, how I, got I love here. I love the path that you that the Lord has given you to get into where you are you know you said you started out just your heart for kids as a as a, as a you were a school counselor a, a counselor for so it wasn't a school counselor it uh -huh. was a diversionary program called uh, intensive youth supervision and it was 
a program in our community that was uh, federally funded. Okay. Like I said, to keep children from becoming adjudicated. Okay. And from there, you just, so these were not, special needs was not even in your. It was not. A, a, a word in, a voca in your vocabulary. It was just, you fell in love with helping those children and, and, and mit mitigating the, the, uh, uh, the issues that they were facing, whether it was in the community or in their homes or in the school systems to try to help them to change the trajectory of their lives. Right. And, and now that we even think back that far, because sometimes you just don't think yeah. about the whole story all the time. Right. Yeah. I, was an, I was an undergrad student at Jackson State University, Jackson State University, and I was majoring in special education. Wow. I did not make wise choices. Okay. <laughs> During my undergraduate years. Yes, yes, I can relate. <laughs> oh, I, yes, yes, I did yes. not make wise choices. Mm -hmm. And so that part of my journey was derailed. And I didn't think anymore about special education, but then I came back full circle. Mm -hmm. And that's where I ended up once, you know, got wow. myself together. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you had a second chance. I'm glad you had a second chance. <laughs> Look, people were depending on me to get it together. Yes, <laughs> so, yes, yes, yes. That um, is awesome. That's wild. I hadn't thought about that in so wow. long. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. So when you mentioned you've been able to, because uh, you've been a director of special services for your school, Clarksdale, for, not for the school, for the Clarksdale Municipal School District, how long has it been? I am in my fourth year. So my first year, yeah, I know, yes. Um, my first year was the 2018-19 school year. And it went wonderfully. Mm. My team really embraced me. Yeah. Um, and, and we ran special education for the district. Yeah. Um, and when I say my team, that's you know, the teachers across the district. Right. I was, you have to remember, I was coming from the ranks among them. Yes. And now I'm the supervisor. Yeah. And, and they really did receive me well. Yeah. My first year would not have been as successful as it was without, you know, the team that we had in place. And then that, um, that was 1819 and 1920. You know, that was the onset of COVID, March 2020. So here I am, a rookie director mm. leading through a pandemic. How was <laughs> how was that? Because I'm I, it's, listen, I put pandemic down at some point. I was going, it's going, it was going to come up. Challenging. Gosh, my challenging. Gosh. Listen, the federal legislation was not crafted with a pandemic in mind. Or was not. And it granted us no grace at all. Wow. So everything that was required by the law is everything we had to continue. Mm. And that was something that was really, really um, challenging to do given the circumstances. But um, <laughs> I trust the Holy Ghost yes, and he just gave me strategies. He gave us yes. strategies for yes. success to be able to meet the needs of our kids. We had, 
And I was just talking about this earlier today. We had even teacher's assistants going out. One, 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 one guy went out with a pickup truck. They were holding class off the back of a pickup truck. Because remember, children were at home. Wow. And yes, they started sending me pictures of the things that they were doing and packages that they were putting together for kids that were meaningful. Um, here I am with money in the budget and I'm ready to spend it, but I've got teachers who are saying, no, I can't wait right now. I'm headed to the store. And just these wonderful packets mm. with activities for children to still do at home, those teachers dug deep. Wow. They did. They dug deep. I was so proud of them. I sent pictures to my mentor because remember, I'm still a new director. Right. The onset of COVID was my second year of leadership. Right. And so uh, the State Department for the first three years of your directorship give you a, uh, a mentor, a state level mentor. Okay. Best thing they could have ever done. Yes. <laughs> Best thing they could have ever done. And yeah. so I was sending my mentor pictures of my team at work hmm. and she was sharing it with state level people that included the director the state director of special education because across the country people are falling apart like what do we do now because folks are always so quick to want to sue and yes this is not happening by any fault of our own not right. because we're negligent Right. Y'all were in a pandemic and it's a crisis. So, um, gosh, just to have that as a bright, mm. a bright spot. Yeah. Just so encouraging, not just for us in Clarksdale, but it was encouraging for mm. uh, our, our higher ups in Jackson, you know, at our state department. And that was just amazing to me. I was so proud of my team. Mm. So proud of them. Um, to the point where they were, they were wanting kids, bring me my kids back. Mm, that, <laughs> yeah. that is so refreshing to hear because that is not the, the norm. That's not the story circulating around I in know. the education world. That's not, I know, yeah. I know, I yeah. know. Our lowest performing kids were our most educationally vulnerable. And I had teachers saying, I don't mind, bring them back to me. Wow. You know. That was powerful. That's powerful. But you yeah. know, you said the key word earlier, even in the beginning of your career, that you intentional, you were intentional about forming relationships, you know, with teachers, with families, and the same thing that you learned to do, the younger version of yourself, starting mm -hmm. out, I'm sure followed you in your career now as a director, and even as a teacher, yeah. that you continued the pattern of forming relationships. Relationship is so powerful that it does provide access to getting things done, right? I'm not going to say it works with everybody, right. <laughs> but, right. but, but forming relationships, forming healthy relationships with people creates a, an environment where people want to do things with you and for you. Absolutely. You yeah. yeah, absolutely. I have seen uh, just on the basis of relationship. Yes. Uh, and, and parents watching how I interact with their children. And, and I've, as a teacher, I had the toughest kids. 
Now I was a high school teacher. So I had the tougher children um, in the high school. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, sometimes I had the ones that uh, you couldn't teach in your class if they were in there. Mm. And so that meant that they'd have to come and spend some time and let me minister. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to also remember what I said. Now, I'm just somebody's mama. Yes. Yes. And so if it was not good enough for Genesis, David, Tommy, and Stefan, before I birthed into the earth, it would never be good enough for the ones on my class roster. Right. Never. Mm -hmm. Um. I think I was pretty good at that because one year my daughter told me, you like those kids more than you like us. It's hilarious. <laughs> you know? yeah. I know it's hilarious. She, um, but she recognized, you know, just the pour into yeah. them. Yeah. And she recognized how they responded to it. They gravitated towards it. Children want discipline. Children mm -hmm. want structure. Yeah. And though they may say otherwise, sometimes children just want to be told no because they understand I need to be told no right. <laughs> at this point. Um, but we go through all of that and just being able to build those relationships. I had to do it, B. Wendy, because these were children who had academic struggles and behavioral struggles. Mm -hmm. Yep. And... I wanted their parents to understand that mm -hmm. when they came to school, they were not going to be there alone. Yeah. They now belong to me and I want you to trust me with them. Right. It's okay, mama. I've got him now. Okay. Yeah. He's been suspended a hundred times already before he met me, but that's okay, mama. I right. got it now. Okay. Yeah. Well, you, you know, if you need to, you could just go upside his head. He can, it, it's okay, mama, I've got now. So one of the first things I would do, and this is textbook, it really mm -hmm. is, Yeah. but it works. One yeah. of the first things I would do after maybe a week or two with a new kid, I would call home. Hey, Mrs. Bob, how are you this morning? Mm -hmm. what did he do this is a real conversation okay yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. replace mrs bob with another child's parents right, right what did he do now i'm coming up there i said you know what i'm just calling to tell you this kid is amazing wow and it unnerved mama disarmed yes. her yes and made her silent and i knew it would and i was really sincere yeah. I said, let me tell you what I just saw him doing. This is far different from the other phone calls she's yes, received exactly. about her baby. She yes. sent me the absolute best she had when she gave him to me. Wow. And so I'm treating him like the absolute best. Let me tell you what I just saw him doing. Yeah. I called to share this with you because I need you to know he is not all the negative reports you've received about him before. That did two things. It built mama's confidence. Right. Turned her day around. Because she's waiting on pins and needles for the bad phone call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's waiting. Yeah, yeah. She knows it's coming. Yeah. 
but then it also did something for that kid, right? Yes. Nobody's called home and said anything like this about me before. Yeah. And more often than not, those calls were made in the presence of the student. Absolutely. Because I want you to hear what I'm getting ready to say. Yeah. You know, regardless, yeah. of, I know what this paper says. I get it. It right. happened. But we can start a new course of paperwork. I'm only going to write what you give me to write. Yeah. I will not hold any of this against you. Right. Doesn't that sound familiar? That sounds very familiar. <laughs> yes, so I ministered to them in that way. Yeah. Yes. I didn't pull out Bibles and crack them over the head and quote scripture and, you know, you know, you right. know, slide it in. No, I demonstrated the love of Christ. Absolutely. And they responded to it. Yeah. Now, was that 100%? I had some really tough ones, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. but they gave me an opportunity to grow. See, there was always some winning going on. It gave yes. me an opportunity to grow. It gave kids an opportunity to know, hey, we're not holding grudges against you here. Right. Not going to penalize you for your youth. We're not going to penalize you for your disability. Right. I right. love you through it. So I love that. Relationship, love that. honey. Relationship, relationship, relationship. Yes. Yes. Strong, healthy, positive relationships will propel you forward yes. and onward. Yes. If you allow it to. If you allow it to. Yeah. That's the key. That's the and key. it works across the board. Yes. So yes. I saw parents who responded to that and relationships between kids and parents that were mended in my classroom because, wait a minute. Okay. I'm working with this baby here and I'm seeing the things that's happening here with her and then y'all cuss and fight each other like like you're you know strangers in the street yes so then we end up I'm going back to counseling now never went to school for this right but I'm going back to counseling now let's talk this out because I believe you can be better than this yes so I when when I can see mamas and daughters who have been fist fighting each other, hugging and crying all over each other and asking each other for forgiveness. <sighs> that just makes wow. my whole day worth it. Wow. I love this job I get to do. I do. Yeah. A lot of it, some of it's not special education, but because of the way children's deficiencies or behaviors show up yeah yeah and then we get to checking boxes right and then we're able to put a label on it but no sometimes you just need to get to root get to the root of their pain that's right that's right <laughs> just get to it yeah i would yeah. say years ago i said my district can't pay me <laughs> they can't they can't afford me so i come in here and i do this because i love it and yeah. that's why I tell people I get to serve as the director of special services. Yeah. I get to do this work. Yes. Yep. Wow. Okay. That's what yes. I do. This is good. This is good. Look, we only on the look. Let me, let me go to the <laughs> let me ask you the next question. Let me ask you this, the next question. Because this is good. This is good. This is good. Um, what are some key things that you know parents need to know 
if they suspect that their child, because you're right, a lot of times it's not special needs. Mm -hmm. There are true, there are cases of true special needs, mm -hmm. but there are a lot of the majority of those cases, um, we know that the root is unresolved trauma or mm -hmm. unresolved grief or the absence of a secure, loving uh, patient, a secure, loving home, a secure, loving parent, mm -hmm. or, you know, all the things, all, all the factors, all the risk factors that we're aware of, right? So if parents suspect that my child has special needs, what are the things that they need to, to know? And I know it depends on district. Mm -hmm. Every every district doesn't, I wish, it's, every district needs a Stephanie Moten, right? I would say the same thing. <laughs> 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 you know, truly, truly, because um, this is so warm to hear of the advocacy and the heart that goes into the work that you do, right? But what should parents, what steps should they take? I don't know if there's a one, two, three, because it's such a process, but it yeah. is because one of the first things, B. Wendy, and you're a counselor, mm -hmm. um, there's this thing of denial. Yes. Yeah, you know, I don't want there to be anything wrong with my baby because um, most parents who will be older saw special education um, when they were in school and, and there was a certain child that was in that class yeah. that yeah. fit a certain description. Yes. The special education really has evolved yeah. over the years, but... Um, Back at its inception, you know, you, you have the children with the uh, visual characteristics and obvious deformities and differences who were, who were shut away from yeah. all the other uh, typically developing children. Yes. They were shunned and not given the best. Right. And then as um, special education evolved, you started to see... Um, uh, children who were given what they need, but not their, their humanity was not necessarily appreciated yeah. or valued, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And even now, uh, I think what scares a lot of parents about it is when, when you say special needs, it has such a negative connotation to it that, um, I just don't want my baby, I, I, I don't want there to be anything wrong with my baby. And so when parents come before me, I have to reassure them and I keep tissues in my office. I ordered bunches and bunches, you know, boxes and boxes of Kleenex because, you know, inevitably they're gonna be crying because I broke my baby. What didn't I do right? Wow. Um, is this because I didn't get prenatal care? Is it because I did this? Is it because I did that? You know, that comes into my office. My gosh. And first time it happened and I saw a father crying. Wow. I said, Lord, have mercy. Oh my gosh. The weight of his tears oh my gosh. Was, were, was just unbearable that day almost, you know? Ooh. Yeah. And he helped me to prepare for the ones coming behind him. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but one thing I would say to parents, you know, you know, your kids, you know what we expect to see them doing uh, developmental milestones that they should be reaching, you know, just pay attention. Mm -hmm. um, 
and then talk to the pediatricians because normally if you see anything, it's going to be when they're much younger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so talk to your pediatricians because parents are going to trust the people who take care of their baby. Right. right. And those pediatricians, I know we have, um, you know, they're going to be knowledgeable, mm-hmm. hopefully, and, and, and of course, very compassionate because mm-hmm. this is not easy yes, for parents mm-hmm. to reckon with. It's not. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I would also say, you know, if, if they're school age children, talk to their teachers. Mm-hmm. Because what you may miss growing up when it's time to start demonstrating mastery of uh, standards learning and um, uh, benchmark assessments and, you know, you've got tests for everything in school now. So <laughs> once you get past the baby stage and children have to start demonstrating that you know, we, we are learning and progressing from one grade to the next, mm-hmm. you'll start to see where uh, there are some babies who don't really catch it like his, his or her peers. So talk to the teachers. Um, and then always, whether you have, whether your child has been identified as a student with a disability or not, mm-hmm know that the director of special services in that district is still there to serve you. Mm-hmm. Go and ask the questions. Yeah. Ask, and sometimes that parents don't know what questions they should ask, right. but then that's where we come in. Right. They're expecting us to know. They're mm-hmm. expecting us to be able to offer guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, I say often that if, if our babies told us that their stomach hurt or their head hurt. We know what to do for that. Right. We can fix that. Right. But I don't remember and I'm yeah. not learning. I don't know what I'm not learning. Mm-hmm. Parents don't really know how to approach that mm-hmm. uh, in a general sense. They don't really know how to approach that at right. all times. And so use the resources available to you. If you just don't know, if you're having questions, having doubts, reach out to those people. And then a, a lot of times um, in, in public schools now you have uh, uh, parent coordinators, parent liaisons in school. They go by these different names, but there's somebody that uh, is accessible right there to the parent or the counselors, the principals, and ask those people to kind of point you in the right direction, at least, yeah. at least. If you're a parent at home and you don't know, then at the very least, you will have alerted the school mm-hmm. to what your concerns are. Once you've done that, uh, we have an obligation, yes, a legal obligation mm-hmm. to track that child and uh, possibly even start the assessment process for them. Mm-hmm. We have that obligation. I love how you said that. So if a parent has communicated to the school and followed through on some of those suggestions that you said, they have scheduled a meeting, they have been involved, they have shown up, they have maybe tried to reach the district, the special ed, the special services director, mm-hmm. and they feel that no one has taken my concerns seriously. Mm-hmm. I know it depends on the district, 
but what's the what's the what's the level up from that well um let's say a parent says look i've got these concerns i've been working with my child at home he's not understanding this math there's a difference between just not understanding and not doing it he's just not getting this yeah 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 I've tried a thousand ways to show him. Yeah. And then the teacher, no doubt, will see that same thing at school. Sure. So when you raise the concern, parents can raise this concern. No doubt if the teacher has seen it, there could already be a process in motion, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to intervene academically on that child's behalf. But if a parent is, is bringing this to the attention of the school and saying, listen, um, I'm not so sure that my kid is catching on. Mm-hmm. This is happening. This is not happening. This is not happening. I've turned off the television. There are no distractions. Or um, I put them in a quiet room. I- I've done these things. I tried it this way. Mm-hmm. She didn't just, the parent didn't just come and say, I want my child tested for sped. The parent just came and made us aware. So right. we can't always just say, uh, we can't just, you know, oh, they didn't say they wanted them tested for sped. We know the language. Right. And this is a mama coming to us or a daddy or a grandmother and aunt, whoever that guardian is, is coming right. to us with concern. Right. If I present my baby to a pediatrician and say, um, he's not sleeping at night, but I don't know what's going on. That pediatrician has an obligation. Right. 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 hmm Likewise, we as educators have an obligation mm-hmm. to treat whatever it is, the deficiency or the lack that um, parents may be bringing to us. And they may not always use the right language. Right, right. And so, you know, it may be interventions that we start on this child's behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, if, a, if a parent if a parent feels like, you know what, I have tried everything at the school level. Mm-hmm. I, I've talked to the teachers. I've talked to the principal. I've spoken to the SPAD director. Mm-hmm. Nobody is hearing me. Mm-hmm. They have every right to go to their state department. Everybody has somebody to answer to. Everybody does, yes. And I say to the people, listen, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm responsive to them. <laughs> I want to be your go-to person, (laughs) you know, even if your child does not have a disability, I want to be your go-to person for your questions around this area. Mm. Okay. Mm. Um, I would rather, and every SPED director I know would rather um, be the advocate and fix things in his or her own house before somebody else would have to come in and do that. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. But of course that option is open to parents. Yes. Great. 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 So what are some things that, you know, you've mentioned several things, right? The, Mm -hmm. the heart, the compassion, the language, of course, the competency uh, involved in that, but what are some things that administrators, you know, I know that there are things that they, you, you, they can't, they, they, they can't control every outcome. Case in point, what happened 2020, 2021, and even now. And I cannot imagine how difficult it was for 
children with special needs or children with needs um, to have to navigate at home learning on top of parents having to navigate how to help those kids on top of teachers have, I cannot imagine what that was like for a lot, you know, that in, in a matter of moments, a parent became the cafeteria lady. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the mama, the teacher, the, all, all at once, all at yeah. once, right? Yeah. So what are some things, key things that administrators need to, you know, have in place to support their children as well as their, their families, the, the, the parents, the caregivers for those children. Uh, particularly, you know, I, I've heard terms such as IEPs and 504s. Mm -hmm. What are some key things that administrators have to have in place? You know, first, know your kids. Yeah. Know them. That relationship piece, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, every, every school administrator should know the children in the building who have IEPs, individual education plans, mm -hmm. or 504 plans. Um, they should know all the English language learners. They should know. They just should know. Yeah. I can't excuse them not knowing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and and I'm thinking of much larger districts. Yeah. Uh, who may say, oh, well, it's impossible to know all of those kids. When they are under your care, now in much larger districts, because mine is not that large, um, but I, I imagine in much larger districts, um, you may have a, an assistant principal in a larger building or two assistant principals mm -hmm. um, and a principal in larger buildings mm -hmm. with a higher population of students. Mm -hmm. That administrative team needs to know who those children are. If mm -hmm. one person doesn't know them all, that administrative team should know who they yeah. are, okay? Yeah. And then another area of, um, you know, another key thing that I, th I would suggest administrators do is be informed. Yeah. We owe it to our students, their families, the general ed teachers and the special ed teachers to be informed. I didn't say be an expert. Right. I said, just be informed. Right. You should be able to be conversational. If a student with a disability is having an issue. Yes. And you have to converse with the parent you should be conversational yeah. so that parents are at least at, a, at least put at ease. Okay, he does know my kid. Right. This right. principle is knowledgeable to a certain degree of the law. We have to know it. Yeah. Um, and then never, ever, ever be afraid to reach out for help beyond what you know. Yes. One thing that I really cannot stand is when we operate outside our lanes. Mm. Stay in, I know how to stay in my lane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay in your lane. Yeah. Now, in, an, in a building administrator's lane, 
you have some knowledge about a little bit of everything in that building. Why? You're the building leader. Right. But when it goes beyond that which you know, don't guess. Right. Don't give false hope. Right. Don't issue miscommunications. Right. Phone a friend. Right. <laughs> call the SPED director. Or call the lead SPED teacher in the building. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, have these structures set up mm -hmm. in place because some no one person knows everything. Absolutely not. Yeah. But an effective team mm -hmm. can really keep you out of hot water. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So um, administrators, yes, should be informed. Uh, that way they can support teachers and that way they can support students and also support parents. Just um, one of the reasons special educators, because we're, we're in the midst of a shortage right now. Shortage oh. of? Shortage of not just a shortage of teachers, that's been going on. Okay. There's a shortage of special education teachers. And, and right now you see it in the news, people are just walking off from the profession. Some would just rather go work in a factory. <laughs> this is a major responsibility. Yeah. And um, I think this pandemic has really exposed a lot of our weaknesses. And then not every teacher is a counselor, not every school employee is a counselor. Yeah. So I don't really know how to deal with the trauma that the pandemic may be uncovering in a lot of children. Yeah. And so it has created a difficult situation. Sure but I said all that to say that one of the reasons uh, special educators say they leave the profession is because they do feel unsupported by administration. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We just owe it to our, we owe it to our teams. Yeah, we do. To be informed. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Wow. How do you train, you know, one of the things that just came into my, my heart is the culture, you know, culture is, is not so much of what we say, mm -hmm. but what we do and how mm -hmm. we make people feel, right? So how do you foster a culture? You know, I know that you model a lot of things that you talk about. Right. How do you foster a culture where the, your teams carry on in the spirit that you carry for yourself, for your teams, or that you model so that so that the, the behaviors are continued, you know, the way in which you treat the, treat the children, the way in which you lead, how do you do that? So I'm still figuring that out. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, it is, you really, people do what's in them to do. That is so true, yeah. I would love to be able to teach the next person how to have my heart towards these babies. Yeah. You can't teach that. Cannot teach that. Cannot teach that. That's innate. Yeah. It's intrinsic. Right. Um, yes. Yes, Something you just cannot teach. Not teach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember, I remember being a new teacher and 
feeling like if I didn't have the answer, I had not done my best. And that's not saying I felt like I had to know everything, but doggone it, I'm the professional. I'm supposed to know something. Right. And I tell my team even now, just like doctors are practicing medicine, they are they have a practice. Right. Give yourself some grace. We have an educational practice as well. Right. <laughs> you know, so that's not saying that uh, you just have to know all the answers. But if what you are trying has not worked, right, then try something else. Mm -hmm. Go back to the research. Dig. Yep. We cannot become complacent. We have to dig and keep digging. Mm -hmm. because somebody's success depends on how deeply we dig yes, yes. so um gosh yeah i could just take my heart out of my chest and just you know just just get rid of it quarterly <laughs> yeah yeah Ooh, this one over here needs a larger chunk okay this one doesn't need right. you know right. yeah but um one thing you can do seriously is effective coaching. Mm -hmm. I find myself, now when I first started, I would just answer questions. But not every teacher was going to ask questions. So remember, I came from among the ranks and there were teachers who had been there longer than I had. So they weren't really quick to ask this rookie <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, but there were some who did, and I found that it was more effective for me. Well, what I learned was that they weren't reading because the questions they were asking, I said, mm, this is something they should know. And it concerned me. Yeah. And then I began to question, okay, what are we putting before the children, right? Right. Because I don't want to just pass them a lot. I don't want them to just show up and, oh, you feel like, um, um, not saying that my teachers felt like this, but they, they're students with disabilities and, you know, you don't have to be as prepared. No, you have to be more prepared. Right. <laughs> you do. Um, so I found myself when I would be presented with certain questions, I'd, I'd give them uh, articles. So would you read this and then get back to me? Because I'd like to know how you plan to handle this situation based on what you just read. That's good. They would never learn if I just keep continue to tell them. It's like we do with the students. You got to give them an opportunity to practice, present an opportunity to grow. Mm -hmm. I can't just keep telling you. What if I'm out of the office? Mm -hmm. Okay. At the beginning of school last year, I had COVID. Okay. Mm. August 2020, I had COVID. School was just starting. Wow. And I needed to know who can run this office <laughs> mm. because I'm not there. Right. I needed I needed children to be taken care of and I needed uh special education not to shut down because the director wasn't there right and we still got our baby served mm -hmm. i need to know who can step up and fill the gap because that's what we do 
if we're hooked up to that degree, then I should be able to step away, or if I should step away, this, you know, the this the um, the service should continue. Yeah, that's because I'm not the department. That's good. That's good. Wow. Yeah. And then just for quick, quick level, um, high level overview for people. I just said it, but I didn't even ask you to define it. The difference between IEP and 504. Quick overview. So the IEP is an educational plan that's uh, guided by the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, federal, federal legislation. And that plan is where you establish goals to help a child progress throughout their school, right? Yeah. That, pro, that plan has to be revisited every year mm -hmm. um, to make sure children are making adequate progress. We want them to be able to succeed, not mm -hmm. just that, oh, this is a student with a disability and they will never get it. No, this is how we plan to help them get it. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then for the 504, which is on the general ed side, that's available for any student who has a disability uh, not necessarily a learning disability, but a disability that would negatively affect their attendance in school or their progress. For example, if a student had um, a chronic illness mm -hmm. that would necessitate them being absent from school a lot. Okay. This 504 plan puts into protection so that that time is not counted against those stu that mm -hmm. student and that student can still get what he or she needs uh, in the school community. Very good. Thank you for explaining that. And, yes, and then my, my final question before you share anything that you wish to share, you know, do you offer consultation to, to other school districts, you know, to you know, families or people, if people just needed um, somebody to call, do you offer any uh, consultation outside of your district in Mississippi? Or so have I, have, have? I have, I have, I okay. have. Um, now right there in my district, of course, is the job that I do. Right. So right. of course, that's just the job I do. Yeah. But prior to stepping into the director's role, I did do some consultation for um, another district in the state. And what we find is that, uh, you know, special education is scary to people yeah. because of the weight of the law. Mm. But when you can take the sting out of it and help people to become comfortable with the work that is being done and mm. being confident in really uh, presenting that work, um, we get better results. Yeah. So as I'm set up right now, I don't, um, I don't have an, a, a, another business outside of my job right. where I go out because my job takes my time. Right. Um, I'm on the clock already. Um, but if anybody just needed to, I've, I have had people to call me with questions and just need to, a sounding board. Okay. And to get direction. Okay. Um, because sometimes we don't know. Yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, 
sometimes parents don't know what questions to ask. I've had parents call from other districts. Um, sometimes, you know, they may think, well, they're not telling me the whole truth. And unfortunately, in some cases, they may not. And then in other cases, they may be telling the truth, but it's so far-fetched from what the parent wants to hear. Right. They can't hear that truth from them, but they could hear it from me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Again, I always try to stay. I don't try. I do it. I stay in my lane. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. so, so that that doesn't cause any sure. friction or strife. Sure. between uh, my district and another district but they're being being there to be a servant and just to answer the question it's the work I love doing I love doing this work and yeah. if I don't have the answers I can get the answers right because yeah. I'm going to read about it myself I just don't think you're going to ask me something that I just don't know right what is the best way if somebody were to contact you knowing that you're going to stay in your lane but you also have a lot to offer right What's the best way that somebody should contact you? Well, um, my email address is my name, Stephanie Moten, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-Y-E-M-O-T-O-N at gmail.com. That would be uh, my preferred method of contact. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Well, is there any... Um, I'm just enjoying this conversation with you. Are there so, any? <laughs> I was a little bit nervous when we got started. And I said, why am I nervous? This is what I do. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but is, are there any final gems that you, you know, wish to share that maybe I didn't get to ask you any final food for thought that you wish to share before you leave today? You know, one thing I would really, really, really impress upon educators is mm-hmm. to realize that when a student with a disability is in your class, it does not mean he will, he or she will not be able to learn your content. Mm, that's good. We as educators have to be flexible. Mm-hmm. You know, when we started out, we were reading these books and it's the effective educator does this, the effective educator does that, but we have to be flexible, not so rigid in the way we want to do things. Mm-hmm. But if the student requires specialized instruction from us, mm-hmm. what are we willing to do? What would you do if it was your kid? That's the question. What would you do? Mm-hmm. What would you do if it was your favorite niece or nephew? Mm-hmm. Do that for these kids. Yeah. That's Don't good. leave them hanging. They are yeah. depending on us. And as frustrating frustrating as it may be to find that thing that works for them mm-hmm. think of how frustrating frustrating it is for them to be the child who doesn't know right and to sit there and think everybody knows except me right and if you can't you know because there there are educators who may need to take a step back and, and deal with their stuff right if your stuff is getting in the way of serving the kids then you need to take care of yourself. You need to address that. Yeah. That's, yes. That's a whole nother conversation. That's a risk. 
of going into another hour. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yes, yes, because COVID, the, the, this whole situation, state of the union pandemic exposed people. People have issues. People need help. I right? have been. I've been. I've been in special education long enough in my district now to see a student graduate who was receiving special education services and is and and you know teaching wow was so hard on the children mm. <sighs> okay. mm. yeah yeah let's not let's not yeah <laughs> wow but let's before we before we get in trouble with another <laughs> with another episode. <laughs> um, Go on. Yes, <laughs> but yeah. but but really, honestly and truly, yeah. mm -hmm. being kind, compassionate, yeah. knowledgeable, mm -hmm. uh, and truly concerned about our kids yeah. is what helps us. Mm -hmm. to help them move beyond their limitations they yeah. know that they have them yeah but kids are looking for somebody to really help them mm -hmm. um I don't fancy myself the greatest educator mm -hmm. but when my children would leave me they would always undoubtedly they would always say you're the best teacher I ever had wow what well, all that was, was I was the teacher that found that way that worked for them. Yes, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that just, I think I would leave that as a final note, you know, believe in them enough to be able to, um, to really pull out the best in them. Challenge the kids. Yeah. They won't break because you challenge them. <laughs> challenge them. That's so good. I love you for it forever. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wow. Well, y'all, I hope. Stephanie, thank you so much before I go into the audience. This was refreshing. This was good. You made this so bite-sized, digestible, um, so refreshing in the way that you shared your heart with us when it comes to, you know, children with special needs and being an educator. I just, I, I really enjoyed it. I literally don't want to end the conversation. So thank you so, so much. I appreciate you having me. I yes. really, really do. Yes. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Well, y'all, I, I know that there was something um, that was said that is very helpful to you. Maybe you're listening and your child does not have special needs, but you know somebody who does or you know your friend who talks to you about the struggles that he or she is having and with the school system or in their home, I, I want you to listen to this episode. I want you to share this with a friend, share this with a teacher, share this with somebody. Um, you've heard Miss Stephanie, if you have questions, you know, feel free to contact her. I'm gonna put her email in the show notes. Feel free to reach out to her. And so if she doesn't know, um, she will connect you with the people that do. Um, or with the right district, or just provide you some additional guidance according, accordingly, while staying in her lane, of course. So y'all, I thank you so much for 
I hope, I, I know you took a lot of notes from today's episode. I know it was a little lengthy, but it was all good. And I'll be back next time with an amazing episode. And I will talk to you. Um, Stephanie, I'll talk to you soon. And y'all, I, I, I'll be back next time. Have a great week on purpose.